Welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. This is a really exciting chat I had with Marcus Tardrew and Zane Westwood. Uh, Zane and I went over to Western Australia and stayed at Marcus's place in Perth, had an epic 10 days of downwinding in, in late November. And man, the conditions turned on for us. We had basically 10 days of really good wind and got a few races in, um, invented our own race format that we think might be able to uh, keep the fun in downwind racing and downwind foiling. Um, but yeah, basically we, we chatted about a bunch of things, um, starting with a bit of a technique discussion, diving deep into, I guess, our deep water chip-ins when we downwind foil. So not catching a wave on the shore, um, but paddling up with it, whether it be with a paddle or being with hand paddles or just without paddles at all. And we talk about, uh, equipment, technique and conditions and how we can kind of, um, get more people doing it. And hopefully you guys get a few tips from that. Uh, we then go into, um, I guess, a bit of a recap on a race we did called the West Coast Downwinder. It was a little bit weed infested, um, but it was a really cool race. Strategy came came into it a lot. Um, you'll, you'll hear what I mean. Um, then we talk about our free surf style downwind race we nicknamed the King of the Cutback. And hopefully we can sort of incorporate this into a few races moving forward. And then as a brief Moonbula classic recap from Zane, the winner of the foiling division. And we finish off chatting about the emergence of a new Australian foil brand that Marcus Tarju was involved in. Um, pretty exciting. Zane and I got to witness some of the behind the scenes and they're making a few tail wings and front wings, which is pretty cool. Uh, but stay tuned for more details on that. Um, probably beginning of next year, middle of next year. Um, Marcus didn't really have an exact date to tell us, but exciting times. Um, on the coaching, I guess, Coach Casey front, uh, I've been doing a bunch of foil camps, had a lot of fun over in WA teaching. Um, I'm about to launch the wing foil course finally. Um, all the travel and being a dad for the first time has stalled it by about nine months, but hopefully I can get it all sorted before Christmas. Uh, and basically I want to be updating the downwind foil course too as we've learned so much over in Western Australia. I want to share that, but that's probably going to be a 2023 thing. Um, finish the wing fall course first. Um, but yeah, really fun chat. Thanks everyone for following along, listening. And um, if you want to learn to downwind foil and get going as quick as you can, check out kcls.com and join the Coach Casey Club. Um, I do this for, for, for the love of it. I love downwinding. I love chatting to people about it. So I hope you enjoy it. But yeah, if you want to learn and join us out there, the quickest way is to get some coaching with me. Um, so yeah, check it out, kcls.com. Check out the Coach Casey Club and I'll see you out there. Oh, and another cool little feature I've added. I'm going to start taking notes when I do calls. So if I'm on the, if I'm look like I'm disinterested in the chats I'm having with the, the guest, it's because I'm taking notes of when we change topics. So when you're listening through, you can fast forward to the topic you want to listen to instead of um, scrolling through and having to listen to the whole lot that you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily completely interested in. So I'll add in the notes little timestamps as to when you can fast forward to the bit that you're interested in. Hope that helps. All right, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. We've got heaps to chat about. I've got Zane and Marcus, and we're going to go into a bunch of stuff, starting with sort of your, your downwind chip-in, or I call it like a bumpy water, bumpy water start versus your flat water start. We're also going to go into some of the West Coast um, activities that we we were lucky enough to get a part in. Um, Marcus, Zane and I were all crashing at Marcus's place and doing heaps of downwinding. Um, we learned heaps on conditions, equipment, 
Um, Zayn especially upped his level, which was pretty sick to see. Um, and we had an awesome race. We'll go through that and, and also go through like a, a little new race format that we sort of came up with while we were down there too. Um, and then we'll finish with a bit of a chat on Marimbula, which um, anyway, plenty to talk about. But um, welcome, Marcus and Zane. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it was cool to hang with both you guys over in, um, and thanks for hosting us, Marcus, um, us East Coast boys at your place. It was, it was pretty oh, fun. It was a pleasure. <clears throat> so much fun. Yeah, it was. Um, the, yeah, it's been a few years since it's we've had some people over for some racing, and even though the racing didn't sort of happen as planned, uh, it was still cool. It was fun. Yeah, we'll go into the <laughs> racing stuff a bit more later, but I guess um, amongst lots of foil discussions, Marcus also um, educated us both on and sort of sucked us into the F1 world <laughs> which is a bit different uh, um f1 nerd yeah it's, uh, have I you watched it since did you watch the i i haven't finale? i haven't uh, yet but I, i'm going to just <laughs> don't tell me <laughs> we might get carried away with yeah. that we'll start to bore people i'll go, I'll go <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think a lot of foilers would appreciate f1 if they were if they had you explaining it marcus um to really, them. it's funny um yeah. We got ready into it. I feel like foilers deep down are, are nerds, like tech nerds. <laughs> Definitely. And that's all F1 is, is just tech nerds, the the smartest tech nerds in the world. So foilers do seem to lap it up a bit. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a, and I think there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, points that we can take from that that sort of go towards foiling, but we won't go into that today. Not, 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 not this time. Let's, um, <laughs> let's let's dive straight in i want to do like a bit of a sort of a technique or like pointers section within within the, the casey catch-up and um one thing i noticed um over in western australia was how different the conditions were for like our chip-in um we also sort of zane and i dove pretty deep into prone paddle-ups um zane in particular was smashing him by the end my knees and feet gave way um rashes all over them and bruises um i've but- still got c ulcers yeah, I must have <laughs> we might need to we might need to get like softer grip or wear booties or something because it yeah it's there's a there's a tax you pay for not using a paddle it seems which is scratches and whatnot on your feet but yeah let let's go into I guess what let's start with you Marcus like what are you thinking about when you're like the perfect chip in for like downing conditions we'll explain your conditions your equipment. And then I guess um, a few pointers you have. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, like you guys said, um, I think WA is pretty different to what you guys paddle up in. Um, and over here, I think it's pretty easy, maybe, um, compared to some other places. It's it's a pretty organised um, wind chop. There's no real swell. So they're kind of short and sharp. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I'm usually just pointing downwind and waiting to feel the tail sink sort of, you, you feel the big bump go and you feel the tail sink. And as soon as I feel that, I start paddling up the back of that one, which sounds stupid, but, but I think by the time you get these boards up to speed, 
you're already off. You're not, you're never paddling up the back of one, even though that's the trigger and that's how it feels. By the time you're third stroke in, you're into the trough and then you're building speed to start boiling down the face of that one, if that is making sense. For sure. Um, and um, it's, it's not always that easy, obviously. And sometimes you can get a little runner where you're like, I'm not going to foil on this, but I can build speed and you know that that's going to turn hopefully turn into something and that gets a little bit more complicated but I think one of the things I've noticed um, with guys getting into it is they always wait till they're um, they miss the boat a bit because they they get in that trough and they don't realize maybe or maybe they do but they leave it till they're pointing down to start the sprint and by the time they get going the bump's sort of gone under them and away from them mm. and they've fallen off the back um so and the other the other thing i've noticed when people learn is possibly not using their legs enough they're just relying on paddle speed um they're the two biggest maybe tips that i've been given to people if they've come to me or you know they've come into the shop and said um you know they're demoing a board it's their first time i'll say firstly go to the river and just try and get used to paddling us up but yeah, secondly, paddle up the back of one or in your head, do that mm. and use your legs. Pad as much effort with your legs as your paddle um, is my sort of, they're my two key points. I don't, I'm not a coach, so I don't really get, spend too long, you know, trying to hold their hand through it. But um, I try and obviously want people to have a bit of success so they don't walk away with their sort of tail between their legs and never come back. But yeah, the more the merrier out there. That's for sure. Yeah. I think I think that second point you said, Marcus, how you said you can kind of use a little, like if it's even if it's not the perfect bump, and you use that little one to kind of push you along, the speed you can carry through that will actually get you up on the next bump. And one thing that I saw you do at the start of the West Coast Downwinder is you, you did exactly that. You went for a little yeah. bump, but I said, no, I'm going to wait. And you actually used your speed to sort of, not up and over, but kind of traverse across. Yeah. And then you popped up on another bump. Um, yeah, I felt Explain. it was almost dead flat. Yeah. Um, and I felt a little a little bit of energy, which I knew it wasn't going to be the one I'd get up on, but it was a, like I started my paddle up knowing that that was going to feed me into something, um, <clears throat> which it did. And I think I had a I had a pretty good start. I had weed within about five meters. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we're going through yeah. it later. I, yeah. I was up pretty early and that that was that example where I I felt it was flat enough that I could paddle and get speed off a little of almost a like a blind bump where you can't see it and almost feel it. Yeah. And then that fed me into the bump that I actually paddled up on. Yeah. And that's something that I think pretty takes... technical and like maybe for a learner it's a bit hard to understand. I think for a learner it's more like wait for that gully, you know, and, and do that paddle up thing because I don't know, that must, figuring out that little sort of chip into the chip in mm. has took me years and years and hundreds of paddle yeah. ups, I think, to figure out. So, yeah. You only can feel them. You can't really see those ones. Yeah. Know? Like watching you guys do it, you paddle up in real small bumps. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't even look at that. But by the end of um, our trip, that's what I was kind of paddling for, that stuff. Yeah. And just, it's more the feeling, hey, for me um yeah just like i'll stand there for like i don't know 10 30 seconds and then just feel what the energy is doing 
and then like relate it to when I should be paddling. So like to elaborate on what you're saying, Marcus, like I'll wait for my nose to go real high and then, and that's when I'll paddle. So up the yeah. back of it as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And just, um, yeah, timing's key for sure. What are you guys thinking about like paddle cadence? A lot of people talk about size of blade, talk about stiffness of blade, talk about height of blade, but they don't talk about cadence as much as I think they should be. Yeah. I think, um, we'll elaborate um, on that. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, with the blades I'm using, the uh, quick blade, oh no, Alva, the 105, I've noticed I'm using less, I'm doing less cadence, but I'm getting a lot more power out of it. So I don't know, 30% maybe 50% more power. So it means I don't have to paddle as fast. I can just get bigger, uh, more powerful strokes in that will um, will get me on foil. And I find when I'm transitioning from bouncing off the water and I'm hinging my hips, that's when I'll get more power uh, other, uh, compared to like a, a 89 square inch blade. Yeah. I found I wasn't getting enough power for my weight with that. So I was, I was working a lot harder. Yeah, I, I think I've coached a lot of guys doing this and like at least online. What, what I found is um, the, the, the bigger blade size allows your technique to be worse. So like Marcus and I come from a SUP paddling background, like race paddle background, whereas Zane, you've, you've paddled a SUP before SUP foiling, but not, mm. not to the level that Marcus and I no, were. So, not years and years of uh, yeah, experience. Yeah, so... I think for you, especially like I, I saw you like working with the, the blade you had and then you transferred and um, not only over in Western Australia, but, but while we're in Western Australia as well, you improved heaps. But even before that, um, yeah, the, the, the bigger blade. And I think you went a little bit longer in paddle height. Um, yeah. So yeah, you talk about think that I, as well. Well, I was, so I was originally doing, um, I think it was nose height. And, and then now I'm up to maybe 50 mil taller than me about that mm -hmm. and i find even just that amount of like measure measurement like that distance give you like another meter of drive if you know what i mean in the water so if i'm looking at the bump in front of me and i start going i can either if i if i do if i do time it not as like perfect i can still chase it down with a longer paddle yep. but with a smaller paddle i wasn't able to do that so timing was more key yeah um yeah. Because you couldn't reach the water once you were semi foil. Yeah. yeah. Once I was, say, half on foil, I, was, I wasn't getting my paddle, planting my paddle at my nose. You know, I was yeah. halfway between my feet and my nose. So that, that, mean, that was meaning I couldn't get as much power to either chase it down or get up earlier. Yeah. That was something that I've, I guess, because I'm looking at people's videos they send in all the time for the, you know, Talk Back Tuesday sort of Coach Casey Club stuff. And what happens is when you're paddling on flat, people can, you know, keep their paddle in and pretty good technique. As soon as you lift up out of the water, you, you, you have to either hinge at the hips, yeah. bend the knees. And Marcus, you talked about that bending, like paddling with your legs. And especially once your board comes off the water, if it comes off 10 centimeters, you have to bend your knees. So you lower 10 centimeters. Yeah. And for that's you, where Zane, the technique comes yeah. in, gets in, like that's where the technique comes in, you know, that's when mm. I've noticed it too with me and other people, that's where they'll start to lose the technique. And they'll yeah. start like, I don't not paddle panic paddling, but they'll start just losing all their like all their training essentially. Yeah, because because it, it's yeah. a different stroke from on the water to off the yeah. water, and yeah. unless you're um, 
used to really burying that blade deep in the water, um, I think it, it, it what what will happen is you sort of get up and then you just stall and you're like, what happened? I was almost there. And it's the most critical point that you need a good paddle stroke to keep your speed moving. Yeah. You know, in the bumps, almost more important in the flat water. But um, yeah, paddle stuff is, paddle technique yeah. for the SUP is, important and i guess marcus and i probably probably take it for it i also find when you when you're hinging more over you're counterbalancing your nose from lifting up you know so you're now and so when you start hinging and you're paddling you start leveling your board out which gets you on foil easier i find you know you're not not um battling against that uphill of the board yeah you know if you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure and that's one thing that i talk about like a lot like in terms of like i coach people for sup paddling and then there's sup downwind fall paddling. It's kind of different because if we can get our body weight onto the blade, we're going to go faster, like on a just a flat water going straight. But for downwind and especially sup foil, we've we've got to take into account the the pitch of the board and the pitch of the foil. And if you stay with your weight forward all the time, obviously the nose is going to go down. You're going to nose dive, and you're never going to lift up, especially in flat water because there's no you actually have to generate that lift by leaning back. And to paddle fast in a straight line on like a sup race board, if you lean back too far, it means all your body weight's behind you, which is counterintuitive to going fast forwards. Because if we have our weight in front of us, we can then go forward faster. But yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah, by hinging at that final moment, you can create that the lift you need or, or prevent that lift that you might stall you out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot going on in like five to 10 strokes. And that's that's what it is. I guess these bumpy water paddle ups and chip ins. And Marcus, do you have anything to add on that with the paddle, the paddle work? I guess. Um, not really. I think um, the cadence thing comes. It gets quite important as you start pushing the foils. You're paddling up. Because um, I think there is a cadence that's too slow for high aspect foils. Because is if your paddle cadence is slow, that means that your pump with your legs will be slow because they have to be the same. Um, mm. and if your pump with your legs is slow, that means it's going to be a big pump. So a lot of angle, you know, like, like that, whereas the high aspect foils don't really like to be put on that much angle. They'll stall, you know, if you like borderline, borderline foiling, which is what's happening when you're trying to paddle up, you need it to be shallower angle change, which, um, I find that like the higher cadence and Zane's well and truly obviously in that higher cadence range, even with the big paddle. Yeah. Um, I've never really experimented with the big paddle. Um, it'd be interesting to see if someone small and weak like me could <laughs> do a high cadence <laughs> with that paddle. But yeah, I reckon the cadence is more important as you start to push the the foil that you're using. Yeah. You can get away with it with the thicker learner foils for sure because yeah. um, they're generally not super high aspect or low cord. Um, but yeah, that's one thing I've noticed. Like when I paddle up the 90, I'm like, my cadence is even higher again because like I, you just can't pump it very hard. It, it'll just keep dropping and dropping. Yeah, um, let's let's go into that. So um, one of the things I saw when we we're over there was Zane especially progressing a lot and mm. onto smaller foil sizes. Like I think the first run, you had the 170 in your hand and Marcus, I think you said to him like, put that away. We only use yeah. 120s here. And you were like, I, I, like we've done a lot of downwinders here at home yeah. zone. And there's days where you're struggling to paddle up the 170. Like, yeah. like even yesterday, 
I yeah. should have been on the 170. And it was, what do you reckon, 15, 20 knots? Yeah, it was decent wind, but the swell like, made it tricky. Yeah, you'd be, you wouldn't even bad to do, to do the 120. At, yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about that. So I guess, so, so kind of short, you know, cut, cut, long story short, Zane was used the 120 every run and I think after the second day, he was one of the first per, one of the first people up as well on the 120. Um, so let's talk about we've talked about um, I guess equipment paddles. Um, let's talk about foils and then how the foils with a board and then a little bit on bump stuff too because basically in Perth the bumps are like this they're real peaky whereas in Sydney at least the run we had yesterday we have all sorts of conditions but yesterday the bumps were like this they're like this round, yeah. big round like almost flat whereas in Perth it was like there was like three little peaks in the same place yesterday there was one big bump so yeah zane talk to us talk us through like your progression over in perth and what you found was easier um yeah so definitely the bumps are closer together in western australia more organized because there's no well at the start of the run it's not swell affected so it's a lot more defined in that sense like it's closer to a bay run but like obviously bigger bumps and yeah. um it's a really more, big it's perth i guess is yeah it's like yeah. it is a big bay essentially yeah. with um rot nest yeah. out 30 k's away or whatever yeah um and then yeah like yeah 120 obviously it wasn't as hard as i thought it would be to paddle up because of, because of the steepness in the bumps and then like how close they were together you just and and timing wasn't as important as at home riding the 120 like yeah. the 120 at in on the east coast you got to be on the point on point with what you're doing because if you if you miss time it you're going to be either running up the back of one or trying to chase one down and yeah they're, they're, all the swells are moving faster as well at home um yeah well western australia they're definitely moving slower yeah the small bumps and then once you get up and you can tap into those the bigger sets um yeah you feel like you're moving faster i feel like i was moving faster in western australia but i was looking comparing times i was like i was moving slower like because i guess this like there's not swell affected you know like yeah um, it's, it's funny isn't it because it's your, your perception of speed is relative to the bumps that you're riding yeah so so in perth you a lot of the time going faster than the bumps and like overtaking or yeah. zigging and zagging. Whereas here in Sydney, um, we're riding a lot of ocean swells and like we sort of talked about like they're big, fat, long bumps. Whereas in mm. Perth, they seem to be really nice, short, sharp peaks. Yeah, there's more downtime on the East Coast. You're more pumping between, but yeah. West Coast, you're, you're just like your average speed is just the same, essentially. There's not much like uh, difference between it. Yeah, the difference between a good run and a bad run was, uh, despite the weed, was um not too different, you know? Nah. Yeah, like... It was the, all like, good runs. Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> they yeah. all be good runs. Yeah. Yeah. It's set, um, yeah, set the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon, Marcus? I guess you've done a few downwinds on the East Coast too. Um, I guess the Goldie you've done a fair bit fair bit mm -hmm. on. And um, even, you know, Hawaii, the only, only Aussie to complete M2O on the foil um do you want to i guess you've you're probably a bit skewed at the moment because you've spent a lot of time in perth of late but mm. like 
I guess we, we spoke about Perth bumps probably three or four years ago on the older foils. How do you reckon it's changed with the new foils? Um, yeah, it's it. Uh, with the foils being better, probably since um, your previous visit here, maybe three years ago. Yeah. Um, obviously, things have changed a lot with the foils, and um, I think that you because of the glide that you have now, you just got no way less drag than we used to have. And um, you know, when you wanted to go down to Mandra, I was like, the run's not as good as you remember because mm, the foils yeah. are better and it's almost a little bit um it's almost a little bit boring at the start and it gets better at the second half but it's almost just as good in metro perth now because the new foils you you do a lot of pinballing so you like you know find a find a bit of um energy um bank off it and you're just banking which is super fun and I think, you know, previously when you would have come, when you're going like from a bit of energy banking and then finding the next one, you're always, we back then we would have been pumping between those transitions. Whereas now you keeping the foil pretty well lit the whole time and you, you know, you, um, yeah. So the, like the, the average speed's so much higher because our slow speeds aren't very slow. Mm. And, um, you get more opportunity to use more of the ocean, I think, because the foil is so fast and so efficient. You, you know, you see a bump over there and you go over there. Um, previously, it was a mission to get somewhere, yeah. Unless you were on a bump. Um, so, yeah, I think, and I think as it gets better, the foils get better. It, it, you know, it, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> All the conditions, you know, because yeah just opens up more of the ocean, I think. Um, and what was uh, interesting that, me, that asked me that day, I was like, do you get bored of, do you ever get bored of foiling? Was that you? Oh, I wouldn't have asked you that. I don't know who it was. It was oh, well. Yeah, that would have been, yeah. Someone asked me that the other day and I was that'd like. Been a, that would have been a non-foiling friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was a wait. foiler. <laughs> that, and I think they were referring to me downwinding and I said, nah, I, I don't. But I think it changes so much. Obviously, the conditions are never know? exactly the same, but the equipment is changing. So we're always changing the way we do it, and it's getting faster and more. The foils are because they're faster and better; they're more maneuverable. So, you know, some of the clips that you would have—I mean, Zane's clip getting half his foil out, yeah, <laughs> grabbing rail and then just foiling away with a little giggle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think we would have been. I don't even know if that would have been possible three years ago with the foils we got. So it just keeps getting better. Yeah, not for sure. Um, yeah, that was insane. That, I'll, I'll share that clip on here. Um, but do you think, so yeah, like the before, like two, three years ago, the, the Mandra run was a fair bit better than the Perth run, mainly because of the angle. Like it's just straighter. You have to cut out as much. I think yeah. with, with foils the way they are now, you can go out. It's not a problem pumping. Yeah, that's like, what I think. Like traversing yeah. out. Um, what was interesting when we did the the first half of the cut, which was kind of the fun bit two, three years ago, yeah. it, it was not fun at all. It was, I think we were using too fast of foils, I, I, yeah. I reckon. And we were basically just having a pump through that first 10 Ks, which was the gold 10 Ks um, yeah. a few years ago. So I guess in hindsight, we probably should have used a different foil if we're just going to use, if we're just going to race the first 10, or not race, just surf the first 10 Ks. 
but yeah. the the second i guess 10 15 k's of that king of the king of the cut run um that was pretty nice on the new foot like the fast foils that's for sure like it was um the messiest it's good stuff. technical riding super yeah. techie yeah. yeah it was real fun yeah super fun um let, let's go into the um i guess board design um and we'll start with you marcus i guess we just released the aviator pro and elite and kind of taken a bit of a different approach i guess to a lot of the other brands that have gone super long and skinny um not that different but just haven't gone as extreme i guess mm. let's talk us through it what's your <laughs> yeah um <laughs> not not in too much depth oh. but just yeah 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 cool i think um i think there's i don't think there's any right or wrong really i think those long skinny boards are really going to serve a good purpose um and uh, maybe they could even be better for learning um or bigger bumps you know harder bumps to get up in where you it's more of a long paddle up than a, a short split second sprint like we do here um and like i've sort of done pretty much most places i've foiled mm. um but also the cool thing that i've noticed since um when you guys got here we had a 610 by 18 delivered jimmy you had one just with some more leaders than mine um and before that i was riding a 63 by 20 um and i really found the 610 um it's not like it's more stable but it's more predictable because of its length it doesn't like squirm around everywhere especially with um these foils where the uh, like lift and maybe armstrong and i'm not sure what else but where the mast is placed really far forward in the board which is like putting your surfboard fins halfway up the board i mean you can imagine how squirrely it is and you're in the ocean so you know wave semi breaks behind you the tail sort of tries to overtake the nose and it's all hard it makes it hard to stand on and then the 610 just the sheer length of it even though it's two inches skinnier which is heaps in sub world you know when i got it i thought oh, i'm not going to be able to stand on that uh, with my ability and it was easier and it wasn't the side to side stability it was the predictability of the board um, and it paddles straighter. And I think a lot of um, what I'm noticing with a lot of learners, they struggle to paddle straight with these little boards. Um, and, you know, I think this is all going to evolve and I'm evolving with the board design because I'm, I've been doing it. I was supping and then I got into foiling and it was the paddling part was easy. Um, and now with this explosion into downwind, you know, people are, I'm, I'm seeing the problems that people are having, I guess, you know, and um, yeah, I think there's going to be a definite place for these super long skinny boards. And then I think there'll also be a place for something like a 610 by 18. <laughs> I don't think I would really want to go longer personally. And I, I might've said that about my 6.3 <laughs> last chat we had, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I did notice with the 610 in the race with the weed, where the weed makes it quite hard to ride high, nearly impossible. 
and I kept hitting my tail all the time. And you're not, you're never gliding, you're pumping. Like I couldn't walk for a few days probably after <laughs> yeah. that race. You said it was harder um, than Molokai. <laughs> yeah, it's bully. It was half <laughs> the distance. Um, but yeah, I think um, for me, when things get a bit technical and a bit messy, um, knowing that I had that issue quite often, for me, that and this is just my opinion on what I would use, I probably wouldn't go much longer because of that issue. It was a little frustrating. Um, but, you know, it was pretty, it was a pretty rare run to have that much weed and to be pumping and having no glide. I had never noticed the tail really clipping that much until that day. So that's also something um, yeah. to, for me to be aware but of. I guess, but I guess it's a good example of what people could be doing when they're learning too. Like if you're riding, if you're constantly riding lower, like I, I spoke to Shep Nelson, I cleared up a few things. I'd been misquoting him. He, uh-huh. he was saying the Barracuda in the Hawaii Kai run, what was fine, it was the length of his mast. So he was using like a 60 centimeter mast, which is short, you know, you know, super short. And with his extra, with his seven or with his five O by 32 Barracuda, um, he, <laughs> he, um, he found the extra length, which is not five O by 32. It's more like eight by <laughs> eight by 19, you know, the extra length, he found the tail touching down heaps and, and the nose touching down a fair bit. So I, anyway, some part of the ball was touching down more than often because of the shortness of the bumps and, and the length of his mast. So he, he was blaming the length of his mast yeah. on, riding lower touching down more often compared to a Malika run where the bumps are longer. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess what you're talking about there, Marcus, is, is the same problem with a, a longer board, even though it's under seven foot, but a longer board than we're used to um, mm-hmm. in conditions that are different, you know, and that's yeah. what we're learning. And yeah, yeah one of the things yeah. that I've found is even Sydney to Perth um, and then, you know, different spots on the East Coast that I've downwinded, it's conditions change a lot. And so the yeah. length of a board and even the, the, the length of the chop will affect how the board paddles up or, or even surfs in those conditions. Um, yeah. So the, the, the length, I think, is going to be condition or speci- location specific is what I reckon. Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, like you said, obviously with COVID, I haven't really travelled much for foiling and foiling was just racing was just sort of taken off pre-COVID. I think mm. we both did the last Molokai. Oh, yeah, mm. world champion here. <laughs> yeah, still, <laughs> still the king. <laughs> still the, still the. There's the plaque on the yeah. wall behind you, mate. Yeah, reigning champ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have to take it down. Um, but, yeah, and obviously things have changed a lot since then with boards and foils. So, yeah, it would be interesting now. Uh, if I was to travel now, I, I would just be taking my six ten. I wouldn't take my six three. Um. That's yeah, traveling, traveling to happen. that's that's traveling to race, right? Not traveling to this traveling to downwind. Yeah, okay. So I don't downwind. I don't find any downside because it's so much skinnier than my six three. So it doesn't feel harder to pump. Yeah. Um you do notice the length a little bit when you're surfing, just having fun and you're trying to push hard. Um, but it's not a big deal. The the bumps are generally big. You know, you know what I mean. Like they're drawn yeah. out. You've got yeah. plenty of room for your board. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. For us, but, Marcus, like we're used to well, in, in our past life paddling eighteen to nineteen six. I think was the longest we went unlimited yeah. race boards. So when people say a seven or eight foot foil board above the water doesn't fit in between the bumps, I just shake yeah. my head. I'm like, I used to yeah. paddle a nineteen six in between the same bumps that you're foiling. So 
yeah it it, it fits <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 you gotta just navigate your way around and stuff but um yeah. yeah I mean I think it was interesting seeing Zane you know he brought two boards over and better for Zane to comment but I noticed that he like virtually used one most of the time after mm. a couple of days didn't you he just went to yeah the, I was on the, the phantom the six five at the start um I think I wrote it for like three runs and then got onto the seven two and at <clears throat> the slight like you said Marcus the stability the length of the board makes up for the side to side stability. So it's actually, it's a different type of balance, but it's not that much. I reckon it's easier to stand on than a smaller board. Um, like my, my six fives, 21 wide and the, the Sultan is 19. So like, I think to, I, I, I thought would be a lot harder to stand on just because of how narrow it is, but it's not that much harder. I'd say it's like maybe because it's buoyant as well. It's got more liters. It sits above the waterline. Um, and I definitely, yeah, definitely agree with what you're saying. When you paddle, it's not as like, uh, it's not fishtailing through the water. So you can put more power into your paddles and get like, you'll get more planing speed essentially, um, which means earlier up onto foil. Yeah. And I guess that was my aim for the race was to, be one of the first on foil and get a good start. And um, throughout the race, it definitely, oh, I came off foil nine times due to seaweed. <laughs> so it, it really became a tactic in the race, you know, like to when to come down. And so like sections of it, like I would wait because the bumps weren't as steep and then I'd wait for it to get steep. And then it's so I could clear my weed and then go again. So that's what I found with a narrower, longer board. It was, I'd say, 50% easier to paddle up on foil for me compared to the, the, the smaller one. And then mm. it doesn't really, didn't really affect too much of my like turning ability. Like it's obviously, it is a bit more robust to a ride, but like it's not that much more than a, a board that's eight inches less, you know? Yeah, I guess what we have to weigh up is like obviously I was chatting to Bennett the other day and he's like, oh, prone, you can't argue that a prone board, like a 30 liter prone board is going to be worse than a 100 liter SUP. And I'm like, yeah, I reckon a, a prone board is going to be way more maneuverable. Um, but it's the ability, if you're weighing up the ability to get up on foil quickly and then your, I guess, pump ability and turn ability once you're up. And if mm. you can't get up on foil, then forget yeah. about forget about pumping and you know a few less kilos or yeah. more grams. So that's I uh, reckon I I reckon um like prone downwind on a like a four six board. So like you use a prone board in the surf when it's steeper, more power essentially, like in short amount of time. So you can use it. It whips around more, but with a downwind board, the bumps are obviously not as steep as a wave. So it's all relative with the, like the size of your board, you know, it's like, you're not going to be doing as sharper turns between the bumps, you know? So I personally like, like I've downwinded on a prone whipped in by a ski, you know, I found I was working harder to get the same result because I was, the board was lighter. I couldn't maintain speed for as long. So the, you know, the average wasn't there. So with the, with a downwind board, it kind of smooths out all those, little areas and then 
I don't know, you just have more momentum carrying through the whole run, essentially, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. There, there is something, even about, like, I, I up at, at Marimbula, I was, I was surfing my downwind board a fair bit, uh, my 6321. And Jeremy Wilmot was, um, he said to me a couple times, he's like, oh, he's, I don't know how you can throw that board around so much. I did a couple like whitewater rebounds that I would not have made on my prone. Like, can in my heart, there was no way. But because the board's bigger, longer, more volume, when I came down, touchdown, um, it's, like I had, it's like I was using a smaller foil relative to the board, I guess. Yeah. Because, so you can, same for downwind, it, you kind of, you get like a kind of max out your, your speed or something it's 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 the momentum it's the smoothing it out it's it's all those things um and that's i think that's why probably a lot of guys are loving the barracudas or those sort of styles of board because it it's they're not turning they're not whipping it that hard anyway because downwind's kind of the long board of foiling yeah. can you can I... you agree though when you're at high speeds and a longer board it's more stable like i yeah. found when i was going fast like i don't know whatever speeds like a higher speed it was definitely more i was more confident dropping down bigger bumps you know you feel more locked in you do hey yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's um um interesting because i was just waiting to chime in and say you know what you're usually riding on your prone board is uh an one wave it's yeah. like a skateboard ramp that's been paved in a dead straight line or you know virtually yeah and you get in the ocean you're riding what you're possibly turning on is two waves like joining together and that fully slingshots you into mm. flats or sometimes you're fading over bump it's very very different to what you're doing on a prone um, yeah um belly um who you guys met here he did a prone run the other day and he, and he, he one of his texts was uh, interesting he said something like it's 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 more survival so you you know yes it's a survival run so mm. yeah you might be able to do um a backflip on a prone board but you're not gonna because you if you're gonna <laughs> crash you got to paddle back in and chip in unless you're mr bennett's or james casey or zane you got guys who want to take you down on a ski but for us it's not happening you know we're we go after work and we go out and you can chip in on a prone or you can paddle and they're both awesome. Um, the thing I like, you know, if I want to surf, I would always choose like a six foot sup over a prone board because I don't want to, I want to be able to push as hard as I can if I want to surf because then, and I'll crash for sure. Mm. Oh, <laughs> um, you get straight back then up. I can paddle back up and then yeah. I can push as hard as I want again and I'll crash yeah. again. Yeah, uh, like I'd never try to turn like I did on a prone board that far out, you know. I'd never yeah. think of it. Yeah. Just, yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's I wonder if if um if you could get up just as quickly on a 40 or 30 liter prone board if it would be the same same thought, you know? Yeah. Like the same because there's a mental thing like there's yeah. if I fall I've got to paddle in, maybe it's 5 and it's 10 maybe it's 15 minutes in. And that's a pain in the ass because I don't want to fall. And if I keep going, or I'm on a time schedule or whatever it is, I just want to continue down the run. And for mm -hmm. sure, the, the the prone runs I've done from like Northie to Collaroy, it's been like, I don't want to turn because if, yeah. if I, I have to paddle in. glide the whole yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, just gliding. And it's, whereas on a SAP, it's like, Zane, you and I have had a few sessions where we're like, oh, let's just film each other. And it's, you said it was like a, 
um like at the snow like filming yeah. filming your mates through the skate park also the, the you know the 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 freestyle like half pipe yeah. park and rail park and that sort of stuff and it was so fun and like if we fell it was it was we'd all just bit, come down and hang out yeah we'd both just sit down and then go again that's what we found yeah. in wa too like if someone fell then the people at front and sort of look back oh we'll just wait sit down on a prone run it's kind of like if one person falls it's like see you at the end <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the banter when you're waiting is cool, you know? Yeah. And then as someone catches up, they always try and do something cool for you when yeah. you're sitting down waiting for them. Yeah. Like Zane when he did half of his wing out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were just sitting there waiting and he comes up and... Ah, uh, you guys are egging me on, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was 100%. saying to do a backflip, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you one-upped us. That's better than a backflip, I reckon, because you rode out of it. That was amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, let, let's let's quickly talk about like the prone the prone stuff and I guess not not prone on a surf prone board but like the prone downwind boards that are emerging and um, one of the things that um, I guess we would talk or we, we we explored over in WA was the hand paddles that Jordan um, the hand paddle co guys made that is you know big basically paddles on your hands and and basically best they seem to be best for kneeling um marcus didn't get amongst it but zane and i had a pretty good crack at it and um, what did you find zane you you got it pretty good by the end yeah i found it i found it really fun just trying something different mm. um well it's it's hard like i'd like to try it over here back at home and compare it but it wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be out in the ocean but maybe because we're getting really good conditions and um well the biggest thing for me was i didn't want to be riding a wing bigger than what i should be with the hand paddles so um it's definitely definitely like it's a really early it's really early days you know like everyone's just starting to get into it Mm. so it'd be interesting to see where it actually goes from here with um everyone getting a like better technique and essentially it like i i can i can see it like oh maybe at the like the start of that our race you would be harder to get up on like say the 120 i don't think you'd have to it'd be pretty tricky yeah because it was pretty flat so i feel like imagine with, with weed <laughs> oh, yeah God. yeah fully so yeah. like it, it like when it's lighter i reckon definitely you can't you couldn't be getting up like i guess at this stage essentially too, like can't you flat said, water start a, a 120 with the hand paddles you know yeah um, not yet not yeah. yet yeah that's it never so board design could evolve and then yeah um but um yeah well with with regards to paddling up with the hand paddles i find you need to definitely look for a different style of bump it's not like a little chip in it's more kind of a longer it's not the big ones it's more the medium ones that have a a long runway and then you you're obviously paddling down and you're kind of jumping up on the peak of the wave or the the bump yeah and then it lets you go yeah but um yeah Yeah. i found it really rewarding once up and going it was cool it was cool watching it progress and sort of tune into what were the good bumps what were the bad bumps and i guess like you said, we had pretty good conditions. Like you paddle up on the yeah. 120, I paddle up on the 899, like just exactly what we were supping halfway down our run. And yeah, it would be interesting to try it from the start of the run because that's obviously the bumps are a bit smaller, closer to shore as well. But um, like you said, I think whether it's just because we were new to it or 
just the the whole yeah. pop-up thing but like you said like if this is our bump going this way on a suck you can kind of get up about here and you'll be up and falling whereas on the prone yeah. i felt like do we need to be at the top of the bump almost off the back of it to be able to have time to stand up and foil away out of it yeah which is that was the the downside i guess that i saw with the the hand paddles like and, and look this is we've which like i think i've tried like three three or four sessions now and saying you, you got a few more than me over there but like all of us have paddled a sup more than we have tried to to prone yeah. paddle into bumps foiling so it's um it's early days and i think there's definitely i, I like i, I it's, think it's made it's it more accessible for people because like we took Bo out yeah that afternoon yeah. and by the end of it he's never done any downwinding experience he, he can foil um and then by the end of it he was he pretty much got up didn't he i didn't see yeah, him yeah. i came in but he, he got actually, up a couple he, times he got up twice in the last 10 minutes he got up once and just sort of hadn't used the board before he'd sort of pumped away once pumped twice and then just sort of dug a rail just new foil new board you know that sort of problem yeah. and then the second one he had the perfect bump he went to get up he was, he was on foil went to get up and just with the hand paddles he slipped so it was just like he was finding the right bumps and this is his first time downwinding anything like yeah. he said Zane and I, I watched it click with him and for someone to have that same um, ability to read bumps and ability to generate power with, with, with like literally he was on the water for like 45 minutes to an hour and he it, it clicked for him whereas I guess the sap is probably a slightly longer journey in that you've got to learn to be able to stand on your board. You learn to be able to paddle, paddle straight, balance standing up, um, timing from standing. So I think it could be a gateway to Mm. like learning how to downwind with hand paddles. And then because essentially you can't, if you can't get up, you can't, you know, you're not riding. So that's, that's the next thing like other from, sup downwinding you gotta learn how to paddle up on foil and then read the bumps so Mm. that kind of that faster learning curve of being able to rot be able to ride the bumps and then you can like let like obviously we're always learning but Mm. like get more experience at it and then read the bumps better and then kind of go over to sup downwind that could be a a definitely a way um Cause like we've all can't we like we came from supping and then we did the hand paddle so obviously we've got experience of reading the bumps um, when paddling up so we obviously didn't find it as hard because we know what we what we want to paddle for and what we don't want to yeah um, yeah I think the other thing is reading the bumps down lower I think is actually easier because you're at the eye level you can see whether it's an uphill or whether it's a downhill. Whereas in yeah. a sup being high, and I had never thought of this because I've supped downwind pretty much my whole downwind life. Being up higher, like I've learned to read the bumps from standing up, but being down low, I always figured you'd just be getting splashed in the face and it'd be horrible. But for the downwind prone falling thing, when you're down low, you can actually really notice you're like more connected to the board yeah. and the water or something. It's, sure. easy, it's easier to read the bumps, which... I- I reckon you feel you're more you feel um you feel like the energy going under you. Mm. Um I'd say yeah, easy I would say easier. And yeah. then when you paddle, like your your center of gravity or your weight is all down low, so you can get power for, like earlier. Yeah. Um but that doesn't necessarily mean like the, the like biggest disadvantage we, is is the pop-up. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah that's it. 
like with a sup because you're you're paddling and pumping so you got two things going at once mm. and you can do that as like you can do that with the hand paddles but there's a point where you've got to stop pumping to be able to get up and stand up yeah and that's i guess why you've got to be at the top of that bump because you can, yeah. you've got to use that whole downhill to get to your feet and then pump away whereas on a sup i feel like sometimes you're almost just at the bottom of the trough and yeah. you're up and going and then you can kind of because you're paddling you grind, and yeah you can either grind it up or like force it or if on a good one you're just up and going yeah but I got, it's early days. But I think with the prone on the knees, it's harder to force a bump, like to get on a bump, you know, you kind of yeah. have to wait for that good one. And that yeah. lets you in, has a long runway, and then you can get up and start like weaving off. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves, but like you said, I think it's exciting. There's another way to do it. And I think yeah. it's going to open up. A... People don't like stand up paddling. Like there's a yeah. different. It's definitely hard. For sure. it's, it's, there's there's yeah. a different that you've got to start in the flat and basically the advantage of the prone i think is it's not that hard to just paddle in um and i thought i'd be paddling it on my stomach but i definitely found more power on my knees um anyway, i'm updating my downwind foil course and adding the prone sort of paddle up thing because i think there's something in it and it's i don't i don't i don't think it's better or easier than sup in the long run but i think it might be easier for some the first two weeks you know yeah. just to give them a taste of it yeah um, that's it yeah give them a taste of riding yeah because that's what the most rewarding thing is being up on foil just surfing the ocean yeah yeah and less yeah. energy the, the more doing it the better there's we had yeah a that's sick, it had a pretty yeah. sick crew in wa like, and like yeah. yesterday we had five of us do a yeah. downwind to Marcus, and that was the most ever we've had on the East Coast. Yeah, <laughs> in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, there were like three yeah. that went a bit earlier, and I saw another guy, um, Hunter, halfway down the run, and yeah, yeah. It was, was there was so it's <laughs> essentially there was ten or eleven of us downwinding yesterday yeah. on our local run, which is like uh, three years ago. It was like Zane was just getting into it, and it was kind of like I was solo. Maybe Sean Woolner would come with me every now and then. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty sick. Exciting it's, for sure. It's a bit, bit of momentum at the moment. Yeah, yeah. For sure. We've got um a little um note on what you guys have been chatting about. There's a guy in the shop. Um, you did a clinic with him while you're over here, Jimmy, and he's learning to downwind. Um, and he's sticking with the hand paddles. Yeah. Um, and every now and then he get, he has a bit of a sup, but he because he 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 came in the shop and he said, I think. I'm going to get up on foil sooner with the hand paddles. Um, and this is my gateway to the sup. Um, and I think like I'm in the same boat as what you mentioned, Zane. I don't really want to do it because I don't want to not use my, or well, I don't own a foil bigger than a 120. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, I'm pretty restricted to, it it would restrict the conditions I went out in probably. There's, I wouldn't have paddled up in the race. With nah, nah. I'm on 20. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is that, and even if it doesn't lead to people on a sup, if they go down with their whole lives with hand paddles or chip in prone, whatever, it's 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 all epic. Um, mm. The more variance, the better, because everyone's different. Everyone's yeah. place where they do it will be different. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah it's Hawaii crew, the, Sorry? the Voyager crew, like that, that little, like what's a couple of mile run they do, um, black point to the windsock. That's like, 
it's almost a wave. Marcus, you and I have paddled it on the SUP and it's like oceans, it's like ocean swells wrapping. It's almost off. It's like, feels like it's sort of cross off. Um, but yeah, like I can see why they prone that all the time because the, the reef line is just there. So yeah, like you said, there's just different conditions. Yeah, there's prone a, there's, surf. Yeah. yeah. Prone surf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not, yeah. they're not. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you go, you guys, and you're saying. Um, I can't remember. What I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sidetracked you. Yeah. Um, so we're yeah. Come back. It, it it all it all works. There's no right or wrong, but I guess I guess what we're commenting on is what our experience is, and mm. yeah. You know, I feel like it goes back to the the long skinny boards. They're like a hybrid. You know, you can use them for sup and prone. Yeah. Which is what oh uh, with Amos we're designing to make it both. You know, not you don't have to have two separate boards. You can have a board that if you want to do prone or the knee with the hand paddles and then supping as well. So, yeah. which has been, which is good. I find like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, th I think credit's got to go to Dave Kalama because he, like, sure. he, he designed the Barracuda to, to try to prone paddle in. Yeah, he paved the way, didn't he? Yeah. And, and then, and then a few guys were like, Oh, I can stand on this board of yours. And he was like, Oh, no way. <laughs> and yeah. It wasn't, wasn't really designed as that, but sure. And then, you know, guys like Jeremy Riggs are paddling up in a flat on easy and, and then they're going no no paddle like pump ups basically yeah it's it's mm. pretty cool but yeah like full circle Very almost cool. started 12-6 race board went down yeah. to like five foot eggs and now it's going back up to sort of you know seven to eight foot crone yeah. boards that double the yeah. ups it's pretty cool yeah it's been a cool Very evolution cool. i'd hate to um i'd hate to have border board like six months ago right now because it's... oh my god you're so inundated <laughs> yeah. like yeah. yesterday when we went with benny and you yeah. saw the board he was going to ride and you rattled him oh benny marcus <laughs> like, benny benny was going to yeah. try to paddle up the like five six wing aviator was it a five six? Oh, it's oh five maybe... eleven yeah it's still like, pretty yeah. much yeah and i was like benny you're not riding that are you and like it's like it's it's got my name on it. It's like a you know the KC Aviator. I'm like the Wing Aviator. I'm like, dude, let me let me help you out. <laughs> let me get yeah. board that because like those like they're it's short and wide, and short yeah. limits glide, wide limits glide. So and like for his first time sending it downwind, in I lent ocean, him. Yeah, yeah I lent and it in the ocean. That's all. Um, and you gave him your the one you raced on. Yeah, yeah. Six Had ten by eighteen, it. and it, yeah. and it like, it shows that he does obviously doesn't have as much supping experience. He's just getting into it, but he got on it and he was able to paddle that board. Yeah, it was a pretty. I was and, like, yeah. yeah. I, I chatted to Sam Parker from the shop at WSS, and we we're talking about like, do we think there's a market for these longer skinny boards? And he was like, oh, I think everyone's going to buy them and not going to be able to stand on them, um, mm. and it's going to be a inundation of secondhand long skinny boards and I totally understand from a shop's perspective it's like mm. at the moment you got to be careful what you put all your eggs you know all the eggs yeah. in the basket for and obviously yeah. the extremes are risky but for for people that are buying the boards if they can try them and to, to me I was, I was stoked benny was up to like sort of trying it out yeah and and, and he literally was standing on it i didn't even see him fall off at, at the beginning it was pretty messy too um no, he was sweet yeah like he, he paddled was, out on it and then we hit like we went through the channel and then there was the waves. So obviously mm. everyone got on their stomachs and then yeah. paddled out. And then as soon as I, when I got up on fire, I saw him paddling and he was 
you know, pointing downwind and didn't look like it was too unstable. No, I think the the stability of the foil adds is something that I guess sure. can't yeah, underestimate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing a lot of guys out there on our demo boards from the shop and um, I, it makes me think this guy's pretty skilled. <laughs> Yeah, Benny's a um, bit of a freak. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's guys out there on six yeah. nine pros which are pretty wide, you know, and you see them out there demo and they're falling off that way than the other way. And, yeah. Yeah. Um there's there's a need for them all, <laughs> I think. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I so shops. Think, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um yeah, I, I I just think and it's cool, they're all out there. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, I think I mean for the for the Perth anyway and our explosion over here I don't know about on the east coast but here has been insane mm. um I don't know how many downwind boards we've sold this summer but most of them have generally been the pro in our line and for people who don't know what I'm talking about some overdo two lines like a pro and an elite they're all the same length but the pro is wider so it's like the entry board shouldn't be called pro <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that's what most people are getting the most success out of. And some people are even finding them too wide. So it's interesting, you know, this guy's obviously got heaps of skill. I mean, the beauty of, like you said, if you've got a local shop that has demos and you can try it because you never know where you're going to be at until you try it. Yeah. We've got a bunch of young kids here. I shouldn't say kids. They're probably like mid-20s, but they're all little and they just bought a bunch of my old prototypes. And they're fine on them, yeah. you know, 6.0 by 20. And they've never sucked before, you know, yeah. and then the next person that comes in won't be able to use a 6.9 Pro, so. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between, uh, I think, yeah, younger kids. Like I, I taught a guy, Hunter, in literally an afternoon. We took him to the flat. He paddled up on the flat water, like first time trying, and then took him to the ocean. And he had a bit of a hard time in the ocean, but he got up twice in the ocean. And he was out there yesterday downwinding on, on a 6.0 by 24, the, the board that um, you and I were using for, and, and Zane were all using for a while there. Um, yeah. And he, I was like, how's the balance? He's like, oh, it's sweet. You know, and he's, he, he, I guess he's light, he's agile, he's skilled and he's eager to learn. And for, there's like, you know, that's not the majority of the market to be fair. Like yeah. most of the market is that sort of, you know, mid thirties to sort of fifties balance and skills aren't as good as a you know eight or you know teenager basically so i think it's the, the demographic makes a big difference and, and the skill set and um yeah. i think we've seen a lot of people come into foiling with some good skills and, and there is the need for uh, the pros and then maybe like the super elites or the the aliens or you know all the the sultans you know longer skinnier yeah so it's yeah Harder for a shop, I guess a sub shop that was used to dealing with an older demographic and now there's younger kids coming in, which is, it's, it's, it's I think, epic. I think that's where people are, a few of my mates are getting pretty interested in is the downwind. That's their, like, I want to learn how to downwind. Yeah. yeah. And I always kind of recommend learn how to actually foil first on a, a surf prone board and then just get the fundamentals and then move on to it, to a downwind. Yeah. Um. But we've seen a few guys over here that have just gone straight to downwind. Like, is it Anthony? He yeah. pretty much. He just yep. and he's doing it. Well, he's getting out there. Yeah. So he, he's out there in the surf or you know, in the channel of the surf yeah. breaks a lot. 
he puts the time in. But yeah, he's he does, yeah. Coach Casey Club alumni and he's put so much time. He's out there all the time, like putting yeah. the, the time and effort in. And he's 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 cracked it. Like he's a, a lock on bay runs and I think ocean runs yeah. he's improving every every time. Um Sean as well. That they're yeah. like partners yeah. in crime. Yeah. Fully. And it just shows like you don't have to be young and fit to be able to do it. You just gotta have determination. Yeah. Time. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. how old Sean? I don't know how old he is. I don't know. He's got a bit of a, he's, <laughs> he's got an old head on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Seems but like yeah. he's retired because he's never working. So <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, he still works. He, I lent him a foil the other day. He's keen to see how he goes. But um, yeah, he's he's been he's been trying to learn. Actually, I taught him back in like twenty. Oh, 18 or something we did a lesson he actually ended up on the rocks by the flagpole um completely ruined one of my foils <laughs> but but it was my fault um i'm not blaming him but yeah anyway he's he, his his original idea was to try to get towed up by his mate on his surf ski he's like i'm gonna get my mate with a bungee and he's gonna paddle him. he's gonna so i don't want to learn to sup he was resistant on the sup stuff and he um he's he's now supping like almost exclusively now um but yeah, just put the time in, put the effort in, and yeah. um, it's anyone can it's, do it. It's getting more accessible with the gear yep. and design of stuff. So yeah, yeah, for sure, it's pretty cool. Um, let's let's go on to um, let's go to the west coast downwinder. Let's let's open up that can of worms. It was a um, so we did a race. We, we were planning to do two races, but one race the insurances hadn't come through for foiling. But we did this race, the west coast downwinder, which is um. Port Beach to Sorrento, 24, 25Ks. Um, and basically, well, I guess, Marcus, one, you sort of run us through it. You know, what, what you're the local. Talk us yeah. through the run and the conditions we had and what happened from your perspective. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you guys, <laughs> like you've been saying, nailed the... <laughs> conditions for the whole time you were here except this day <laughs> uh, i mean i think we were, i've dropped in at the shop and borrowed a the demo 170 thinking i might just be flat water paddling up and is that the first time you'd ever use it <laughs> i've i have swapped on the ocean with a mate and yeah. used it. never yeah. walked into the ocean with a 170 on yeah, anyway, I guess the the wind like kind of started to show itself and we knew there was enough bump to go. It was going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. It was it was small but it was doable. Um and we had a feeling the weed was going to be average from the car drop looking out at the ocean it looked not great in close. Um and yeah, I guess all our worst fears came true as we <laughs> paddled off the start line um yeah i think the bumps were still fine to get up um i had a very good start i think i was either up first or like same as zane i don't know i thought i was on my own and then yeah you up zane, I, I saw it then up first zane right. just behind and i was about three bumps behind you guys both yeah maybe yeah. more yeah and i was up and foiling <clears throat> And within, literally within, I would say 20 metres, I had 
a decent chunk of weed where I was just trying to stay foiling and I couldn't cut out. <clears throat> so I was trying to, I was taking all these little rights to stay on foil and then um, hear this little, hear this voice, <laughs> pretty good start. <laughs> like, oh, Zane, you're right there. I just thought I was here struggling on my own. And, um, and yeah, Zane, he, he started heading out quite hard left. Um, I was in, the weirdest thing with the weed is deciding what to do. Um, yeah. Struggle and stay on foil or, or come down and get it off. But you, yeah, you, you don't know how long you're going to have no weed for. So, yeah. so I decided to keep struggling. I just was making no inroads as far as getting out to sea goes. Yeah, I um, thought I thought you were um, doing like a different different tactic on the inside. Yeah, no, I was surviving because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Then shortly, I think I saw Zane come down. Yeah, I hit a bit. Of, oh. I hit a big clump of weed. Yeah, you like, fell yeah, off probably three yeah. minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Three minutes, yeah. So it was like a kilometer, and you had to come down already. Yeah. And I saw you come down. I was like, I'm still surviving, so maybe I'll keep surviving. And if he keeps coming down for weed, and I survive, I don't know, maybe it'll work out. Mm. <laughs> Around the same. And Jimmy, you were getting some nice um, ground out to see. And then I just slowly, um, I came down eventually. I was like, I, I actually couldn't foil anymore. I was so gassed. Um, Collecting so it all. Out. Yeah. And then I paddled up straight away and I got weed again pretty quickly. And I pretty quickly came to the conclusion that I just needed to get to the finish. Um, and it wasn't a race for me. <laughs> I mean, this is just what was going on in my head. Um, and I wanted to conserve whenever I could. Like if I could not pump for 10 meters, I was, I was just going to do that. Because um, mm. I knew I was going to have to be pumping pretty much the whole time. And yeah, you guys just um, sort of slowly crept a bit out to sea and a bit away from me. And then um, I could see is there, but yeah, I was just sort of doing my thing, trying to get to the finish. And then when I got to the finish, or well, you know, 500 meters to the finish, I see Zane down. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, if I stay on foil, I might pass him. Because <laughs> he just wasn't, he was down for ages. And I was like, oh. I wonder what's going on anyway um yeah i foiled straight into that same zone and it was it was mud <laughs> yeah and i came down exactly it's where horrendous. he was down for ages <laughs> and there's just nothing you could do i thought if someone foils past this area at the moment there's just nothing you can do i had to literally just get paddle out to sea maybe 100 meters so i could get on foil um because you wouldn't have even been, been able to paddle up there um, yeah, and I just happened to get up and foil to the finish, and yeah, got to the finish. That was yeah the, for me. That was literally I was thinking broken halfway. City Beach is pretty close to halfway, and um, or maybe between there and Scarborough. I was pretty broken. I was like, I came down once and was kind of like, I'm not really sure I want to do this anymore. <laughs> And I, looked out, I, I was totally unaware of where I was as far as how far we'd gone. And I looked up and was like, I'm probably halfway. I'll paddle up again, see how I go. Yeah, I don't know. Just kept plugging away until I got to the end. Yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of cool. It's It sucks that it's not, you know, just your standard thing and fun mm. and going fast. But I guess it becomes one of those things that's a mental and physical challenge. And you get to the end. Like I got to the end 
pretty happy that I made it. I was kind of like kind of proud that I of myself to just deal with it and get there. And yeah, which for a 25k run, you wouldn't normally yeah. be that proud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not what you sign up for. You hope that it, it you know, you have a good, a good clean run with good bumps and but yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it added, a, added a good layer to it for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so so Zane, let's let's run us through your sort of version of the day too, because I think um I saw you mentioned it earlier, but I saw your your um, I guess dropping down, ridding of weed, and then back up. Like you're pretty much yeah. up and down in like five seconds. Like it was. So yeah, that was that was my tactic with the weed because I was I was kind of running through it the day before. Yeah. In my head, and like I guess my like so I came down nine times throughout the race. Um due to weed and the fur like when it went so that what I, I just had in my head i'd be i wouldn't be first like the whole way so my tactic was if someone was in front of me and they came down i'd come down in front uh with them as well at the same time to wash all the seaweed off me so i could just stay with them and i i didn't want to be in front so i didn't have to look around you know yeah. Um, but like when I did come down the weed, it was only the ribbon weed. It wasn't the big chunk. So I'd like pop off foil and then shoot back and then go forward again. And it worked every time I like never got back up on foil with weed on my, like with weed. Mm. Um, but you sort of like doing an air and then yeah, like yeah, literally, landing yeah. and then like, yep. like, uh, back, back foot heavy and yep. then like shooting up. Yeah, because you were coming down on a down like a sweet little yeah. set. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I was timing it with like uh, a good section of bumps as well, and then I'd, I'd essentially just like do an ollie, and my my foil comes out of the water, and it like rids the weed, and I'd come back down and like kick back and then go again. Yeah, um, yeah I saw you do it a couple of times, and I was yeah. like, "Holy shit, all... this guy's <laughs> next level." <laughs> I, it was all, I don't know, the adrenaline was pumping and all that, you know, so you yeah. can I feel like when you're in flow, you can do some pretty amazing things, you know, just like mm. when you're determined and, and just so, but yeah, you were in front of me most of the run, like obviously at the start, we got up first and we were ahead of you and then you caught up pretty quick and you're always to my left out to sea. So I was obviously keeping an eye on you and then like we both had weed on our foils. Yeah, oh, we, we sort all of did. Back like, and forth a little yeah, in the middle. It was it was back and forth for a bit, wasn't it? Like mm. you'd come down, then I'd I'd like if I had weight on my foot, I'd come down and then go again and I'd get in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then by the end it was just the difference I found. Like you I ca- uh well, how many times did you come up for? Like three, uh six, six. times. Yeah, I came down so six times. Yeah. That's was... where the difference was, eh? In the end, like yeah, I was hanging, I was, hanging yeah. on up on foil as long as I could. Yeah. yeah, like especially from probably uh, Brighton, mm. trig point, the second half, like the the weed was like most of the run up until then, the weed was just surface level weed. So it was only in the like 100 kind of mil. Kind of of get the mast. Yeah, it was mast yeah, weed. Yeah, so you could, you could literally like glance over it so your foil was under the water mm. and then pop back up. But by the end, it was literally walls of weed that are a mm. meter deep <laughs> it was literally messed a wall. up 
yeah, yeah. it was messed up. And, and by the end of like the last kilometer or K and a half, I came off oil three times. And like, I remember just like coming into this big weed. There's like, like a big V and it started like a hundred meters wide and it would just slowly come into a V. So I was just like weaving like that and just waiting for like a break in the wall so I could try and get through. And there was none. So I just had to like try and punch through it and then just went like head over, over the front of my board, <laughs> just like sweating and, <laughs> and then that and, was, and worried about who was behind oh, as well. Like, and then I could so see stressful. Marcus gaining on me and I was like, Jesus, I was telling you guys I had a dream the night before and I just got beaten. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was the reaccount. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this, this is a nightmare. Yeah. And then, yeah, I eventually got out, out of that weed, that section in the last, 200 meters or 400 meters is sweet but um yeah definitely it definitely was really stressful having the weight at the end like yeah um it was like crawling yeah. to the finish oh like it was literally yeah and if someone could have it was right there yeah, yeah it was right. i remember like i was probably a k from the line and you're probably 800 meters james and i could see you on the right of me in inside so far in yeah yeah and i was like i was down you were down i was like pretty like yeah there's like anything can happen pretty much like yeah. right now but yeah we just had us we couldn't do anything about it yeah i think i actually i think i navigated that end section kind of good luckily because i kind of got around that up to the inside of that that like v that was pushing you in i kind of got around it and pumped back out before I came like away from it all before I came down. So I yeah, came right. down and then I got back up again and then I hit another chunk of weed and fell down, but I was sort of out of the, the, the worst of it. So just pure luck, you know, I could, yeah. the, the weed is a bit of a roll of the <clears> dice, <throat> but um, I was, I was not willing to look behind because I'm like, if I look behind, I'm going to be stressed more. And if I'm stressed more, I'm going to have trouble paddling up. And yeah. if I can't paddle up, then I'm going to get beaten. So it was um, exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Was it was, yeah it was gnarly it was such a stressful and then like when i finally got up and rounded the can i kind of looked you know because that was our gentleman's agreement first to the can um i sort of looked back and like i um i think you're down at that point zane <laughs> so i looked back i couldn't you, you weren't obvious i'm like okay he's not within he's not yeah. going to beat me up the beach kind of thing it was <laughs> yeah, you know it was yeah it wasn't his dream where we touched the uh you know the the, the, the run yeah. to the finish um but yeah, yeah it was it was stressful um it was a good race. It was called a race, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted. The um, the, the weekend before we 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 wanted to do the Mandra Jewel, but they didn't have um insurance basically for us. So we just sort of we did a the Mandra Jewels um doors were cut to Hall's Head. It's like 10, 11, 12 k's, and the king of the cut, the the sub race w was um Dawesville to Secret Harbour Surf Life Saving Club, and um that's like 24, 25 k's, and um. We decided we'd sort of we'd we'd rename it King of the Cutback, and there are a few different rules. Um, I'm gonna share with you guys the this is the the score sheet that I haven't filled in yet because we need to get everyone's. But basically, it was a bit of a different take. It wasn't just fastest point A to point B. It was um, fastest kilometer on foil, slowest kilometer on foil. The difference between those two kilometers. Um, the longest distance for the run, um, so start to finish, zigging and zagging, I guess. 
I think um, you forgot to add shortest distance as well. Yeah, so I think you're right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Average yeah. speed, max speed. And so basically for each of these, you get a point. Um, shortest distance. Shortest. Well, how's my spelling? Shortest. Yeah. Difference. <laughs> BS isn't working. Um, silentness. Shortest distance, average speed, max speed. <laughs> so it's um, basically get a point for each of them. So I'm going to fit all this in. I'm going to... By the time I release this podcast, I will have the results. Um, but it was, it was really cool, I think, to... I guess the mindset that we had on that run. Um, and, and it wasn't like a proper... Like we had a group of like eight of us. Actually, John Pascal to add to that list as well. Um, it, we, we sort of all sort of set off in different groups and we had a group of four of us. It was us three plus Reedy. And um, we did a bunch of race starts just sort of sitting down mm. in the water. One of us calling go and then jumping up and whoever got up first got a point. Um, obviously that doesn't work if you have a group of 20 because it spreads out so far and you wouldn't stop that often. But I think it was just, I think you can all agree, it was less of a race and more of a free surf downwind. And while you still had the competitive sort of mindset, you wanted to get the fastest K you're trying to sort of go as slow as you could without anyone else noticing. You're trying to go slow. Um, yeah. You're trying to get the most distance without sort of making it obvious. You're trying to get the most distance, keeping your speed up for your max average speed. And it was just a lots of different points. I, I feel like it gives everyone a chance to, to win a point um, and also makes it not a complete pump fest straight yeah. up and over downwind. So I guess, one of the reasons we came up with this was on the car drive down, we're talking about um, how some races have become like, we don't want fall racing to become a fitness thing straight downwind, just pumping fast, smallest foil, fastest person, fittest person up and over, up and over, up and over. Um, we want it still to have an aspect of surfing downwind. Want to and have an Include aspect, everyone. Include everyone. Yeah. yeah everyone's yeah. a winner. It's not just the person with the fastest foil is going to win exactly the opposite someone with the slowest foil could actually win a point at least and, and like yeah. you, you'd award all of these and you get someone an overall but it's kind of not really the point it's just recognizing everyone and yeah that's it yeah and and being inclusive i guess and i think not only did it make it more fun for us doing the run um yeah i think it, it could include everyone it could be a i don't know i'm not sure if i take off it to be a bit of a pain in the ass to add everything up and Garmin's versus Apple, but as long as you have a GPS watch, you can enter. Marcus didn't, so he was disqualified before we even started. I think he won a few points on the paddle ups, but um, you know he's not getting any points for fastest K or slowest K because we will <laughs> never know. Stats, yeah. yeah, no stats, no stats. But um, it was a cool. I was I, talk about the mindset. I guess I guess Zane more than Marcus because you were probably just cruising, Marcus. But the, guess, the mindset for the King yeah. of the Cutback versus the West Coast Downwinder. Oh, I guess the start of it. We're all going for the slowest kilometer because it's so organized and slow. So yeah. we're weaving. Yeah. And there was a rule you couldn't pump back up wind. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like, I guess the start of it, you're kind of more just cruising. Like those, the foils we were all on were like, that was like probably the minimum speed you could go really mm. like without working really hard. I guess we were pumping a lot. Yeah. But um, and then as, as the ran, uh, so as the the like as we got further into our session, we could start doing like faster Ks, 
and like going for a shorter distance. I guess at the start you kind of you're kind of either going for the shorter or a longer distance. So mm. at the start we're turning more, so I guess we're all kind of going for longer distance. The more you turn, the more you're washing off speed. The slower you're gonna go. Mm. Um. Yeah, I reckon it was really fun. Yeah, means I meant we're in the water longer as well. Yeah. Um, like we stopped a fair few times and i think if it was like a bit of a more organized race with a few more yeah. people i think we probably wouldn't have stopped as much because i think you shouldn't be able to stop your watch from when the start to the finish is to make it a fair yeah okay yeah you know because we, we sure. were like i was stopping my watch when we were stopping for those multiple race starts yeah um whereas i think to make it fair it should be a race start and a race finish is when the last person comes in and you know you could even have like the person who's out there the longest gets a point, you know, just, just try to make it inclusive and get everyone in, involved, I guess. Um, the, yeah, yeah. A few, a few things we sort of came up with as we're out there too. One was, um, cause we all had, we a bunch of us had GoPros. It was like, who could get the best clip of someone else surfing and then who could get the best clip of themselves surfing, like in front of someone else filming. And then the, the no pump drill, who could stand yeah. there without pumping for the longest, like, just stand there gliding and just weaving. You could turn, but you couldn't pump. Um, and I guess all those things. Like I think that's yeah. a good drill to like be very efficient. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, that can like help you become a lot better at downwinding for sure. You know, just making less. better decisions earlier. Yeah, less muscling. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the ones we we talk about in the Coach Casey Club is no pump drill. How long can you go without pumping? Because it means you have to make good decisions and commit to those good decisions rather than just muscling your way up and over or through a, a, a bad choice. Um, and yeah, get good at maneuvering. Like it's so, a lot of people, um, I think maybe still learning to maneuver quite hard or, you know, fast, split second, I've got to get changed direction super quick yeah um and it's such a big part of downwinding and, yeah. and that makes you do that because you have to surf it's like you can't just glide in one direction you no. won't last very long at all because mm. you 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 surf it forces you to surf that, that's what's so cool about the no pump rule <laughs> yeah yeah you can so do cutbacks and the biggest turns you've ever done and it generates lift and it you yeah you turn into little corners and pockets and it's yeah so yeah fun and very good like zane said really good skill yeah i think it's got all the makings for a really cool event especially if everyone's filming each other like i guess if you had a, if you, the mandatory was a watch and a gopro then mm. not only is the event getting footage to promote itself but it's mm. footage for socials and brands and um all these sorts of things i think i think it's, I think it's a good communal event yeah, it's 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 more mm. like a it's more like a marimbula of downwind, I guess, yeah, rather than totally. a rather than a fastest point A to point B. Um, yeah, I Marcus, of, I think you were the fastest. Oh, you go. No, you go. <laughs> so, I was just going to say, I think you won the most um, of the paddle ups in in the end. The um the we were like sitting down. <laughs> and I didn't. I don't think I, we weren't tallying it, but I think I just get points somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're still disqualified, uh, what, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I was gonna say is um they remember with the king of the cup, um, a lot of people would go and stay down in Mandurah for the week and they had this thing called the Garmin Challenge where the fastest um sup time for the half cut or the full cut um 
yeah, for some, I, I reckon it would be a really cool thing that didn't happen over one run. So that um, it, let's say next year for sure, the Mandurah Jewel is um, is definitely going to include foiling. And let's say it becomes like a foil two weekends where people start to travel and come over. We probably haven't been selling it too well with the weed, but <laughs> <laughs> that was a one off. Um, yeah. Yeah, where you have the fastest K, um, the slowest K, um, all, all these little challenges, but it and the clips, you know, the clips are all getting put out yeah. on socials or whatever over the span of a whole week or a week and a half. You know, you have a little window. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and then you have an actual race where it's like mm. your, your traditional race. Well, yeah. I mean, we can't tell them to ch <laughs> to change their format. We're joining in, but um, yeah. Oh, you can still in between. You, could... you could run your own thing, and you don't yeah. need anything for it. If you don't need insurance, you're just going out with your mates. It's all GPS times. Yeah, um, I think the, the old the old rules, but I don't think Apple watches were around. Well, you had to be a millionaire to own one, but there was a you had to have a Garmin then. So I think they are a little bit different, but I don't think, I just also think who cares? Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> you know, it's just for fun. And yeah. it's, yeah, good to have a little presentation and some beers and a barbecue or something and and then give it, give everyone a reward for something stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think you could also do that, the same rules within a race that is a ski race. You know, you yeah. could have, look, these are, they're still the fastest across the line. Whoever wants that, they can have that. But yeah. there's also these other categories that you can go for if you want. And you could still, at the present time, like obviously a ski race wouldn't want you to call up the fastest kilometer, the slowest kilometer, like all these other yeah. extras. But you could have like a little foil presentation afterwards, like a barbecue and like a little catch up and foil froth nerd out session. Um, I think I think it'd be pretty cool and just sort of add to the community of it all and not, not being so focused on speed point a to point b but surfing and getting clips and sharing the stoke and the froth and the skills of it all rather than just pumping up and over up and over and up and over which isn't mm. it's less skillful it's less fun and it's fun to go fast but not if everyone's just going straight and not surfing the bumps yeah yeah i really I, I, the the whole sort of vibe around the downwinders while you guys were here was different from in the past and i think we were all coming from the sup background and racing and then this year you guys came and we definitely had hit outs yeah. but we weren't going out every day and just going who's the fastest yeah yeah <laughs> we right. went out and just had so much fun um it was really cool and yeah i think if you had something like that in place over a week like you know you two and some other guys came um two other guys but, you know, let's say that snowballs into 20 guys. Um, yeah, it'd, it'd be a pretty cool thing just to keep people. The cool thing is it gets people on the water with, you know, whether it's GoPros or trying to go fast, trying to go slow. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the end, it's just proving yeah. everyone's skills, you know, yeah. pushing each other. Yeah. Mm. And promoting the sport with For guys sure. doing, yeah, putting stuff out there. Um, yeah. I feel yeah. like next year there'll be a, a, a lot more crew coming from the East Coast, mm. for sure. Yeah, the crew here will be way bigger too. I would, yeah. you know, we had 12 entered in that race. Um, and as, yeah, obviously the conditions didn't let everyone finish. But um, yeah, for sure next year, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got like 30. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I would say I'd be surprised if, yeah, I think that at least. Yeah. Uh, looking I reckon at all the people sure. out there learning yeah. and, yeah. The number of people that we saw when we were over in WA just like out to sea, um, yeah. downwinding, whether it be winging, whether it be prone, um, like along the shoreline or, or just like doing shuttles and card, like, you know, just hanging in car parks and yeah. the, 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 the foil fever. Like it was seriously like downwind foil fever was seriously, seriously on it. And I, I was lucky enough to do a bunch of clinics with a bunch of those crew and, and then some like sort of beginner crew that weren't even up to doing the clinic because they weren't at a, a level yet. They wanted to do like a one-on-one beginner lesson and Perth is such a good, a good place to learn to downwind. And I think it's almost easier to learn to downwind than it would be to surf foil because of the, the nature of the waves mm, um, being so close to shore yeah. and, and the, and the peakiness of the bumps when we were there anyway, I think we got good conditions, but um, pretty standard. Yeah. Standard. Well, you, you saw like the race was yeah. wind wise, but we still paddled up within seconds of the gun going, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's an easy place to paddle up. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a Just, good place. Like yeah. I'm pretty confident we're gonna see um a lot of successful learners over here. Mm. All, all the all, all the clinics I did over there actually everyone paddled up, like yeah. not necessarily foiled away, but paddled yeah. up and got flight and whether either foot fell off or but they all got lift off and were one or two pumps and oh fell off. Others mm-hmm. continued going and yeah, it was it was a good place to teach too, because people were getting rewards you know, right away. Whereas um, I, I, Zane and I did a session when we were first down windows on the T180 and that was <laughs> a bit humbling, you know, was, yeah, I, was I thought, I thought you were sweet. And then we paddled most of the way and ended up chipping into a wave. And once you're up, you're sweet, but it was just getting that, that start when, yeah. when, the, when the bumps are a bit, I guess. Definitely foiled that first session. That's all right. Yeah. Maybe. And then lessons, lessons we all learn, you know, yeah, that's it. That's part of the journey. Yeah, better to be overfoiled when you're learning. That's for sure. Yeah, it's um, we've all been there. We've all, <laughs> I, yeah, that's we've it. all been there. That, yeah, I, I tried to paddle up the Kai on the that first half of the cut run. That the first downwind foil over tried, dreaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that was the biggest foil <laughs> going around at the time. Um. <laughs> yeah. Times have changed. Um. All right. Then we got. Let's just finish up now. We'll just do a little bit of debrief on the Marimbula. I got my Marimbula shirt on 40 years. I haven't been there for 10 years, but it was cool to get back and the foilers sort of, well, from my perspective, the foilers took over <laughs> because yeah. yeah, we were surfing most mornings and there wasn't so much wind when I was there Thursday, Friday. Um, but Zane, you you won it. Super stoked yeah. to, to, to witness oh, witness the, the, the shred fest. It was a pretty cool crew. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of good foiling going down, hey? Yeah, everyone's ripping. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely the, uh, I'd say the best prone riders in Australia, all in one area, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was good. And everyone's pushing each other. Um, it is the, I reckon the best event I've ever been to by far, like just the whole layout and how it all, how they run it. They've, well, you can see it's been running for 40 years. So it's a successful event. Um, and other than that, just like meeting new people, like of all ages, you know, and they're just everyone's such legends, and um, everyone was just vibing on each other's disciplines, you know, as well. Yeah, yeah, because really there's a lot cool. of lot of it's it's a, originally a windsurfing event, mm. and um, they tacked on kite surfing, then they tacked on sup, and then they tacked on foiling, and um, it was technically a wing foil event, but 
most of us were prone or sup foiling a lot of the time and um they didn't really have uh i think next year they'll have a like surf foil division i feel like because there was that many surf yeah. foil um, sessions going on but um yeah it was the waves the waves were really good the whole yeah. weekend yeah like, we got lucky with that i think yeah but, yeah. It. yeah it was it was um, cool but yeah it's a good place for wind hey like the, the orista came up on saturday arvo hmm. and it was i can see why they do it there it's like perfect cross offshore um yeah it was well, well when we when when the wind came up me and jb were the first ones out and it was probably eight ten knots so we're all riding big uh wind kites kite wind whatever you call them windings yeah and then as the, the the wind filled in, all the kiters came out and the wind uh, the wind surface came out. And then there was literally like 40 people in the water, foiling, kiting, windsurfing. And it was just like organized chaos. It was great. <laughs> it was so good. Like foilers going past the windsurfers and the windsurfers on the inside doing like crazy, what I don't even know what you call them, just Rio's. And then the kiters come and pass. It was like, really, that was really like, good. I, like I got out and I was watching it. I was like, whoa, this is actually crazy. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun event. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I was spewing. I missed that Saturday other of wind. Um, but they head up back home basically. And, but yeah, looked, looked like you guys had a sick wing session and you were saying, Zane, it was probably the most fun conditions you've, you've winged in because you finally got, Sort of Just, a left-hander. <laughs> yeah, preferable conditions. Wind to the back and then a left-hander, which yeah. is what you get every time there's wind at home. Every southerly. I believe, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it's a great event. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, like you said, awesome, whole different range of people, demographic, but also what was really cool was the, the ability to demo gear. So, um, yeah, you know, lift unifoil saab um access was going to be there but couldn't make it nash was there um probably missing a bunch then there was an armstrong setup a go fall setup there was there was all these crew that were just willing to share equipment and say yeah take it out try it out a bunch of different boards freedom four boards were there um yeah it was it was just a, it was the comic-con for foiling it seemed like yeah. it was just such yeah. a such a frothy um geek out zone um and uh yeah and one rule no whinging <laughs> it was like that's the only rule of the event you know allowed to whinge and you know if, it'd be funny whenever it's oh i drove you know 16 hours again it's like oh man i don't want to hear about it no whinging <laughs> you know or, you're here now <laughs> yeah but don't don't drop it on me i didn't know it's party wave no whinging you know it was just like it was and everyone's like oh yeah right yeah huh? like it's sort of laughing off with you and it's like just all doesn't i didn't feel there was no there's no bad vibe the whole weekend. Nah, not at all. It was like, and and which, you know, like you organized chaos saying, you were saying it's pretty easy for there to be some bad vibes when there's, you know, 40, 50, 60 people in the water. Yeah. When they're all there for the event. It's basically a free surf event and everyone having fun. It was, yeah, they've, there's a reason they've been going for 40 years. It seems like they're, they're, um, yeah. They're yeah I really up. like watching the kiting. Mm. I'm going down one on Saturday, Arvo, watching the kiters and, in person, it's way more impressive watching guys boost like 10 meter airs and like shred waves. Pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot yeah. going on with the kite for sure. Yeah. That's, 
the, the first year I went to Marimbula was for actually mainly for kiting and I sort of did a bit of sup so I entered the kite and the sup but I didn't kite because there was no wind and so I supped and it was kind of interesting how like you sort of go for one event but like I sort of turned into a sup guy after yeah. that event went in as a kiter came out as a supper <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was I'm, I'm sure yeah. a few people that went into that last weekend as a you know kiter or supper and came out as a foiler the, the way sure. it's all happening I reckon there's, I reckon there's a few people that left with um foil brain yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um marcus i want to finish up just chatting about i guess we noticed when we were over there with you um you had a bit of a bit of a foil project going on cnc and and all sorts of things um tell us what you're cooking up you're designing a few things and there's a few tail wings floating around when we're there yeah yeah um bought a little cnc machine been cutting some some wings and stuff um a bunch of the guys we would have been using them while you guys were here um yeah i nearly missed this chat because i was <laughs> upgrading the cnc brain <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's a reminder um yeah. yeah just um me and a couple of mates have been looking into starting a, a a foil brand and we yeah the first thing was we bought a cnc machine and started cutting wings and and using them and experimenting and a lot of study um you know studying using a lot of foils um yeah figuring out how to read foil section graphs and all that stuff um i feel like i'm in school again it's awesome um i didn't finish school so <laughs> maybe i'm finishing it now um it's yeah it's cool um and yeah things are starting to progress um yeah i, I don't know this is the first time i've spoken about it in public it's, it's weird. caught me off guard a bit um but yeah, I mean, uh, the dream is to have a foil brand and, you know, and hopefully do it as a job one day, you know. Um, yeah, I guess Army Armstrong, you know, used to race these SUPs back when we were racing and he he was always the mad scientist and that's probably yeah. um, Kettle calling it black or whatever that saying because <laughs> yeah. I just turned out exactly like him but you know he'd rock up with his uh, his own made boards and stuff and um I was a bit of a character and and here he is you know he just did something that he loved and I, I don't know that's what we're doing if something comes of it it'll be great and if something doesn't then we won't die wondering <laughs> yeah um but yeah it could be a total waste of money could be throwing money down the drain or yeah you know i think yeah it's not a project it's not like we're like oh foiling's massive let's get rich and sell foils um i mean for those people who know me know that's not really what i'm about um and <clears throat> yeah it's more it's just a passion project everyone involved is is very passionate about foiling quite a lot of them about downwind foiling um so i'm, I'm kind of hoping that we can make a, a really good downwind product um 
and obviously also the the rest of the types of foils we all love as well you know we we love we love to prone foil we love to wing foil we don't get to prone foil much in wa um but you know um yeah i don't know <laughs> probably just babbling now because i'm trying to no, try so the question is... without answering it but um <laughs> yeah that's that's what's happening and yeah maybe one day you'll see it in the water or maybe it'll never get that far but <laughs> Oh, I think um, that I guess Marcus and I saw it firsthand. Like, so Zane and I saw it firsthand. Marcus, you you know the 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 froth and and even the setup you guys have, it was pretty cool to witness um, and sort of see. I don't think we saw it, a wing being cut, but um, that we saw the products that you had cut. And um, I think we cut two just the night. I was up pretty mm-hmm. late the night before you guys got here. Yeah, cutting a couple of um tail wings we've only done a couple of front wings prototyping the front wings is a bit different like the front the rear wings as you see everybody using a little green tail wing you know just g10 yeah super easy you just cut it out so it's really cool you can test you can come up with an idea and cut it and test it within a few days mm-hmm. that's pretty cool the front wing is a bit of a different thing but it's it's unbelievable what you get out of a good tail wing um it's it's been a pretty big revelation and just been tinkering with some things that I haven't really seen yet. Um, and, you know, I'm sure everyone else is still is tinkering with the same stuff. We just haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah if it's, it's at, cool. at the it's stage that foiling's at, I think it's pretty cool to be able to like, there's a bunch of the Darwin crew in WA were making their own boards and, um, you know, you guys are making your own foils, you know, um, Chris, um, he's making his own tail wings too. And it's like, yeah. it's pretty, it's at, at the stage that foiling's at the R and D and the yeah. ability to, to play with stuff like, like within, like you said, two mm-hmm. days or, you know, a week or because as we've seen with, um, board design in the last three months, it's gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, foils as well in the last sort of six to nine months has exploded like the higher aspects stuff faster for downwind mm. um even just surfballs for you know gliding around it's um everything's getting better and better quickly so yeah, to be able yeah. to yeah. be on that i guess the ability to make your own gear is pretty pretty sweet and um i was spewing yeah. i couldn't i couldn't try any because you had it all cut for for lift um yeah lift tails and obviously i'm not using axis so i couldn't bolt it on but um I'll have to yeah i think that's just sort of by default the 120 is such as as far as um probably commercially available wings the 120 just is great here it's mm. proven to be one of the quicker ones for for what we do and and super surfy too that's a cool thing you know you can go fast yeah. and you can carve and it's a little wing um, so we're all using it. So we just cut our own fuse, which is, which, yeah, we bolt all our tails to. And um, yeah, we got that nerd angle machine, which Zane was loving. <laughs> I bought one. He's got one now. Yeah, it's one on the East me, Coast. And you've yeah. got me sanding my mask and my yeah. foils. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, nah, it's exciting. Um, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking and exciting at the same time. And yeah, 
Well, I mean, it, I don't have much money, but every, <laughs> most of what I've got will be going into it. And yeah, if, if I lose it, it's not a big deal. <laughs> if I get it back, it'll be cool. We'll see. Yeah. No, I reckon it'll be, I reckon you'll kill it, mate. The, the, the passion you have, I've seen firsthand for downwinding, starting like with the, the unlimited downwind boards and you know, the dugouts that you, you, you made for, for me and Matt Nottich and Toby Cracknell that first year and then um, the Sonova boards. And then we made that hollow Nomex board and you certainly don't do things by halves. Um, so no. I think, um, <laughs> you know, the, you know, you look at that entire Sonova range now and the, the stuff you've done, I think um, I, I'm, I reckon you'll kill it. I reckon mm, it's, um, the, the, sure. the, the, if you have the passion for something, then I think, you know, everyone will, notice that and good things will come of it um if nothing else you, you you'll make yourself good foils and um, <laughs> you know that'll raise yeah. eyebrows in itself so i think it's i hope so yeah thanks i mean <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> but uh, yeah if we can make stuff that we want to ride that'll be a massive win i think if that's if we can make something that we want to ride over the other stuff available that'd be awesome but you know, even if it's in the ballpark at this stage, it'd be great. But yeah, time to time. yeah, yeah. That's okay. pretty. It's, 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 I think we can all agree it's a pretty exciting time to be part of mm. foiling. Um, yeah, there's so, so much discovery, especially yeah. downwind foiling. I feel For sure. Mm. I think the last sort of six months, there's been a lot of progression, not just in the top end of it, but almost like in that 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 missing bottom end of the downwind foiling it was always like this or downwind foiling's too hard you've got to be a pro you, you know yeah. if you can do it you're probably a freak at everything else and it's the the floor is lowering i guess it's becoming easier to get into it and yeah that's something that we will definitely yeah being passionate about downwind um you know it's not our priority right now but it's something we really want to focus on is like you know, making something like Access 1300 or better, you know. I've, everything keeps getting better. I'm sure there's a better, going to be a better wing out there to learn on, a better board, a better tailwing. Um, yeah, I, um, I just want to be going open ocean surfing with like a crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, that's, it. yeah, I get excited about it. It's different to... The cool thing is you want to foil next to your mates and show mm. off for them or watch them show off for you. Um, like when I go winging, you know, the other day I was winging and my mates were going for a downwind. I didn't have time. And, you know, I foiled up to them, had a chat and got up. As soon as I got up, I was like, I'm going to do a jump for them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's like when you're downwind, you're all, you're all around. Um, it's cool. And it's not like... There's never aggression. I haven't seen aggression foiling yet. It's like if you get on a wave with someone, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no um, scarcity in downwind. Yeah, it's cool. And, you know, just the people you meet, everyone seems pretty like-minded so far. Like meeting you, Zane, and having you here just felt like normal, like you'd been coming here every year. Yeah, um, and, uh, yeah, just been just met sort of Josh Q recently um, via text, and he's coming here. And, yeah, everyone just – it's – community um yeah and hopefully our foils will make people happy one day <laughs> but yeah if not you know i'll go back to using some other brand and keep doing what i do but yeah yeah it's 
it is it's exciting to be a part of foiling it never hasn't been but at the moment it feels like there's a little bit of a turning point um the, the thing i love about foiling is that people have been open-minded enough to paddle with a paddle yeah you know you get a short border to go for a sub surf it's not going to happen and people have realized that what a paddle can do for them and gone all right i'm going to suck it up and hold a paddle um and it's really cool like people have made it cool the voyager guys you know they were all chipping in at the start you notice them all start to get subs and they're doing this stuff and it's awesome yeah it's, it's it'll it'll continue to evolve who knows hand paddles i don't know yeah seriously it, it can go any and every direction from here yeah maybe everyone will be deflating the wing i don't know <laughs> have you ever done a podcast and not brought up the deep? I know. He's always, he's always... It's, it's, it's like a self challenge. I have to bring it up at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got it in. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, that is the beauty. Like, it's um maybe instead of deflating, it'll be like a a rigid wing that'll be easier to follow. Like, honestly, like there's there's so many oh, options. You can't pull right anything off. Nah. I mean. When we started foiling, I remember you saying, we'll do downwinders on these one day and we'll do, we'll do the Molokai on foils. And I was like, nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That, yeah. And that was like a year later, I was doing Molokai. Yeah. That's how quickly exactly. that yeah, yeah. Crazy. You were wrong but quickly. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows yeah. what's next? Yeah. I, 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 personally, I'm looking forward to this summer. In, in Australia and mm. getting getting more people downwinding. Like you said, Mark, I think you nailed it. I want to be downwinding with a crowd. Like in like the, the closest I guess Zane and I've probably come to it is is that week in, in Perth. Um yeah. and like yeah, I think we had us, yeah. yeah set like consistently seven to eight, you know, crew yeah. downwinding and you'd see others along the run. They and all cooked the season for us too. Those guys all just got to a level so quick where we can paddle up at will or you know if you get ahead you wait they get close paddle up yeah. we're always in a group and it's it's the best yeah every time we come in from iran you know we do them all the time and you come in buzzing you're like yeah anyone else doing this <laughs> what we're doing it's and i'm sure they are i'm sure the voyages are or whatever but we are just so close sometimes you got to get out of their way and there's oh Donnie, um, with, yeah. Donnie, like we had a board overlap, I think, Jimmy as well. Yeah. But you know, it's amazing. Um, and that's what you you hope it gets to one day, and you're never sure if it was gonna. It'll happen all the time from now, because like you said, the gear's getting better. And but to do that with those guys all the time um is awesome. There's yeah, never a dull moment out there. It's, oh, it's fully, you're, not, you're not getting bored, even if the bumps aren't great, like it's just no, you're having conversations with people up on foil along on the same bump, and mm. oh, let's go right, let's go left, you know, let's see how close yeah. you can get, or peekaboo. Yeah, that's, or... that's what's so good about downwinding, it's never ever the same, you know, it's a constant enigma, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you yes. know, just always cool. trying to figure out where to go, yeah. go faster, or yeah, and you get on bumps with the guy next to you, and like you start reading the wave where he is, where's he going to go? I'll go with him or do I need a turn and he comes with me? And I don't know, it's like this weird sort of... It's like a dance. Telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, 
I'm just talking shit now. But yeah, well, just... I think, I think, I think <laughs> yeah. this is descended. It's getting late. We're rambling. Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> Jeez. You get a spoonful of honey, you'll be right, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I think... I think you could easily have 50 to 100 people and still find yourself by in your own little pocket of a bump, you know. Um, I, I think it'll be a long time before it's too crowded. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'll be, you know, cursing that we did yeah. this podcast and now there's thousands of people downwinding when it's windy. But I, I, I don't think it's going to get too crowded out there in the next five, 10 years, I don't think. But if we do, it's a good, it's a good thing. Because you can just mm. like literally wait a minute, and that gap becomes a couple hundred meters, and you've got your own your own zone again. Go further yeah. out, same thing. So it's, it's it's a lot of space to fill up with humans. Um, yeah, it's and it's a cool it's a cool thing spreading everyone out. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll wrap it up. It's been a good chat. I think it's pretty much yeah just under two hours. But um, thanks for coming on, boys. I had a hell trip. With you both having WA and, and, yeah. and hanging with you in Marimbula too. It's been good and um I look forward to doing it again soon. Hopefully might have to head over again to WA if um the wind keeps blowing like it was. It was a pretty fun place to test stuff and yeah. Definitely good testing ground, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was great having you guys and uh yeah, thanks for having us anytime, obviously. So Jeez. the more the merrier over here. The more the merrier. <laughs> To everyone's ever going to Perth, make sure you find Marcus on Instagram. At the foil, at the foil shop. At the foil yeah, shop. Totally. <laughs> uh, we're, we're pretty um, keen to welcome people and get them out there with us. So, yeah. Likewise, if everyone's any, any in Sydney and want to downwind, Zane and I are happy to show you the local runs. Yeah. What it's all about, the foiling community. The... Um, mm. It's, it's hard to get too crowded so it's like people want to share it and show show you the way um but yeah thanks for thanks for coming on boys and it's been that was a good chat just rambling but yeah um for those that are listening and got this far well done <laughs> um let there's us know a special if, offer yeah <laughs> there's, 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 there's no special <laughs> offer but just let us know if you like the technique chat at the start i'm going to try to add those in and have sort of like different sections and i want to go I want to get Josh Koo on and talk about like his progression and how he's gone from bay runs to ocean runs. Cause I guess what I'm trying to do with this podcast to get more people into downwinding is the main thing. Um, but also educate people on how to get going downwind quicker, like solo rather than with a jet ski or, you know, and sort of, you know, equipment and skills. And um, obviously like I, I coach it as well. If you want to do like an online coaching thing or in person hit me up but um this podcast is you know just talking shit and hopefully you get something out of it um i certainly do it's good just catching up with mm. mates and de- fellow downwind frothers so um yeah sorry it goes a little bit long but we just get carried away <laughs> <laughs> Better yeah. thank you and have some dinner yeah All right. yeah thanks yeah. guys yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, molly Jeez. get on your mole <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah but thanks for tuning in guys and i'll speak to you yeah.